This is the first episode of the Trek Geeks podcast. Welcome. We're going to try to make this not sound like a hostage tape today. That's our goal. I think that's a good goal to have. With me, as he will be every week, is my friend, my um, my fellow geek in arms, um, uh, partner in Trek Geeks, and all-around great guy, Dan Davidson. Dan, um, thanks for agreeing to do this with me. I think that we'll both regret it by the time we're done. I don't think it's going to question if we're going to regret it before we're done. I do have one question, though. You just said every week. You, this was not in the contract. So we got some things to discuss off topic. That was other <clears> duties <throat> as assigned by host. Okay. Then uh, that, all right. Then we'll, that, that's good. All right. We'll do that then. Well, I, you know, well I, it's I, great. It's great to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, uh, honored to be a part of it. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be challenging. And I think it's going to be uh, one of those podcasts that people are going to really, really think, what the F did I just click on this for? But it's going to be worth it. To start with, I'd like to thank the three people who are listening right now. <laughs> thank you all for downloading it. And we hope to create a great show for you three every week. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> we, the fact is, we've been sitting here for an hour trying to make technology work. And the hour leading up to this was hilarious. Um, anything that happens after this, um, we really can't speak to. So. Um, I did say weekly, and that was probably a bit of a misstatement. I don't know that we'll do weekly off the bat. We'll probably shoot for bi-weekly. Um, but for now, we're going to try to turn out an, uh, an episode as probably as often as we can without spamming everybody. Um, mm-hmm. I think with this podcast, you know, you and I want to talk about Trek because we don't get to do it very often anymore. And um, I, I think that there's enough going on in Trek where our discussions can probably take on a greater audience. And uh, especially with the advent of, you know, the fan films and the third Star Trek film and the alternate universe and books and novels and people doing series. And I think there's so much going on that we can probably make this a, a fun exercise for us and hopefully for the people listening. I totally agree. There's so many different uh, areas that can be discussed at any given time. It gives for really un I don't even know the word. It, it just there's no limit to what can be discussed at any on any specific podcast and it just it just throws a lot more stuff out there for people to respond to at the same time. So we're going to do our best not to bore everybody, and we'll try to keep it light. We'll probably talk about some of our history with Trek today. We'll probably talk a little bit about Star Trek Three, and then coming up in the end this is the part I've been waiting for for about a month and a half. We're going to do something called Stump the Geek. Mm-hmm. I have come up with 10 seemingly impossible questions for my counterpart, and we'll see if he can answer them. Um, I'm going to clue you in right now. He probably can't. I'll when say- we get to that portion of the show, I do want to have uh, a minute or so to uh, discuss the reason why you feel this is so important. Um, but oh, we'll absolutely. get to that then. Absolutely. I think that's, <laughs> that's prime. Um, so we'll do some of that every week in future episodes. We're, we're talking to some people to try to get some guests on, and I think that uh, everyone will be pretty excited by how that goes. Um, at some point, you and I have talked about this. We'd also like to do some episode commentary tracks as sort of one-offs. Um, it occurred to us early on that you and I have never watched Star Trek in the same room, and we've known each other for close to 20 years. Yep, exactly. We've, uh, we met, uh, when we were working at the same, uh, same place and, and we became friends real quick because we were so interested in Trek. And in all that time, you just pointed it out recently when we got together for the first time in almost 10 years that we've never actually watched an episode together. And that will be interesting to do, to do that commentary, mystery science theater 3000 style. Uh, and I think that'll be pretty cool too. And in fact, the only thing we've seen together is saving private Ryan. 
I agree. Uh, yeah, the seat was broken, if I remember correctly. Uh, and um, almost as good as Star Trek, but, you know, whatever. Not quite. No. So that's kind of what we're going to try to do every couple of weeks. We hope that you'll join us as often as possible. We hope you'll tell all your friends about us, whether it's through mockery or through sincere admiration of what we're doing. But for now, we probably should tell you a little about, uh, sorry, a little bit about ourselves. Um, the first thing you'll learn is that I like to podcast with beer. And uh, right now I'm drinking a very nice Shinerbach vintage 2015. Um, that probably will explain some of what's going on right now. Um, you mean the slurring? Yeah, I know what. <laughs> but for now, Dan, um, I think it's important for people to get an understanding of what you and I um, or how you and I have come into the Star Trek universe. So if you could recount for me sort of your first memories of watching Star Trek and how that sort of blossomed into your fandom and what it means for you today. Sure. Um, I have very, very um, key memories of when I first was uh, introduced to the show. I, when I first started watching it or when I was first made to have it on in the same room where I was at, I hated it. Didn't like it at all. I was scared of it. The very first memory I ever ha- actually have of it was uh, the Gorn. And when I was, I don't know how old I was. It was very young. That scared the scared the hell out of me. I didn't I didn't like him. Um, I thought he was scary. I didn't like the the sets. I didn't like the ship. Um, and never really. Uh, you're scaring me right now because I hear the Gorn. Thank you. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, my brother was a fan at the time. And he liked watching it and watch it whenever it was on Channel 56 out of Boston. Uh, I was kind of made to watch it. And so I didn't really care for it too much. Uh, f- uh, fast forward to uh, when the first movie came out, and I dove headfirst into it for some reason. Don't know why. Um, started getting involved and starting watching the reruns all the time. Uh, all the different movies came out. By by the time Star Trek Two came out, I was probably hardcore fan. Um, and it just has continued to snowball since that time. Um, I consider myself a very hardcore trekker. Um, I use the term trekker instead of a lot of people use trekkie. That's how hardcore I am about it. Um, I am one of the first to point out mistakes when people point them out, as Bill knows very well. I have had um, no mistakes <laughs> pointed out by you just in things I've said in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it's something that's fun. Um, it's also a great escape if you ever need to get out of the real world for a little while. Um, as Bill knows, there were times where I needed to have that escape and that was it. That's what really helped get through tough times. And I think it's important to have something like that in someone's life. Um, so it's been something that has been a core part of me growing up and being an adult. Uh, and it will continue to do so. I've got a, uh, family that all uh, enjoys it a lot. Um, some more than others. And that makes it easy when you have a lot of people around you that know exactly what the heck you're talking about and can see what makes you as crazy as I am. So, how about you, Bill? Well, before I get into my stuff, I want to ask you one quick question and how you self-identified. You self-identified as a Trekker and not a Trek E, and this is one of the things I've you know, tossed about in my head for a while. What's the difference to you? To me, a lot of times, it, it wasn't really a big difference until I remember, I don't know who it was, but something came out along the lines of a Trekker is a, is a real fan that is, is heavily involved and appreciates 
all of the things that Roddenberry did and all the episode messages and stuff like that where a Trekkie can be as big a fan but doesn't have the uh, – I don't know – doesn't have the, the heart um, and the passion um, that you and I might have in it. And I'm not trying to sound like Kirk when I say that, but it's uh, it, that's something that people say to me, are you a Trekkie? And I'll say, no, I'm a Trekker. Um, and they kind of look because- at me a little funny. I'm laughing but. because I usually self-identify as a Trekkie. Do you? So, know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. I, as you have heard in the past, let me correct you on something, Bill. No, I'm just kidding. It's actually anybody's anybody's preference. People will – I say it in jest that I'll correct people. I really don't. But in in my mind, I associate the Trekker word more than the Trekkie. Just a personal preference. You know what I'm going to call you from now on, don't you? Dumbass. Well, there's that, but after that, it'll be Trekkie. <laughs> That's fine. You know. <laughs> I recall that when I was a kid, my elder brother John and I used to get into a humongous fight every night at about 6 o'clock. And I watched Star Trek on the same channel you did, which was out of Boston. And I wanted to watch The Six Million Dollar Man, and mm-hmm. my brother wanted to watch Star Trek. And invariably, he won because he was the older brother. Um, this went on similar, for similar to me. yeah. This went on for years, and eventually it got to a point where I really loved Star Trek, but I wasn't about to tell my big brother because the fight was what we did. Yep. Um, yep. I think that the first episode I can remember seeing is the Corbomite maneuver. Ah. And I remember seeing the uh, the Baylock dummy, and yep. like you with the Gorn, I was scared out of my mind, man. Yep. I was like, what is that? And then um, we found out it was only Clint Howard. <laughs> <laughs> and McCoy and Bailey. Bailey. But first, the Tranya. The Tranya. I, um, uh, years later, my brother took me to see uh, TMP at the theater. And it was like a Sunday matinee. And it was him and me. And we sat in like the third row. And at the end, I felt really bad because I fell asleep during TMP. Oh. And we get in the car. He's like, so what did you think? I'm like, well, here I am. I'm nine years old, for God's sake. And I said, um, well, I fell asleep. And he started laughing. He says, buddy, don't worry about it. I did too. Let's go to Friendly's. <laughs> yeah. It's funny when you say that. It, it's, it, was, it was such a big thing because that was the whole Star Wars time and everything like that. I remember I saw it at the Brant in Nashua, New Hampshire. And anybody who's from Nashua knows that the Brant was the biggest freaking dump of a movie theater that I – can ever remember but it was such a huge event i can remember the giant spotlights out front the ones that you see like at disney shining the beams up into the air oh, wow. and rope t- it was a huge deal and the line was wrapped around the building one of the only times i ever saw something like that i never really saw that with the star wars stuff um but it was a big it was a big thing when it first came out at least uh in our hometown that's amazing i had no idea yep that's a very vivid memory i have about it well and for the listener you and i probably grew up about 20, 25 minutes apart, but we didn't meet each other until we were in our 20s. Right. Mid-90s was when we first met each other, and the first movie came out in the mid-70s. So, yeah. Um, This is probably as good a time as any to tell the most notorious story of our time working together at an unnamed brokerage house. (laughs) Right. We won't say the name of it, but we will say that we both worked in a phone center for the technology field. We had programs that we supported for the customers. Um, We were both very good at what we did, I will say. Um, and there was a time that, uh, we're sitting there doing our calls and you were 
on break or had just hung up on somebody. I don't know what it was anyway, but um, I was on the phone with a customer and I'm doing my job. If I recall, it was one of those brilliant phone calls that you just really never forget. Anyway. Really? Who's the customer? uh, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) So I have a Franklin Mint die-cast metal original Starship Enterprise model that I cherish. It's Um, 25th anniversary, isn't it? Exactly. It's got the uh, the saucer section lifts off, and you can see the bridge. It's not to scale, but it's uh, it's pretty nice. And I have it sitting at my desk, and it's it's everybody loves it. People walk by it, they 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 comment about it, and it's it's just wonderful. Well, as I'm on the phone with this customer, good old Bill comes over to my desk and picks it up. Just takes it right off its mooring. Just is looking at it, and he's holding it. He's looking at me, and I can only imagine the look on my face. Uh, I'm probably got you know sweat beads forming on my forehead. No, it's totally flop sweat. Oh, I, I can't say anything because I'm on the phone with a customer live, so I can't really react to it. And you wouldn't think that someone who appreciates Star Trek as much as I thought Bill did would drop <laughs> it, but. Imagine uh, you're in a horror movie and something's happening and everything just starts in slow motion. Well, that's what happened as I watched it fall out of his hands, hit the table, and I, I, I think part of it I kind of blacked out upon. I just, I just know I couldn't really react to it because I'm on the phone with a customer. But uh, that was that was quite the uh, quite the day. How did you feel about that, Bill? I was. <laughs> I felt great. No, I was uh, I was thoroughly mortified. I um I panicked because I figured you were gonna hang up on that customer immediately and beat me with an inch of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured there was the possibility that I might have to buy you a new one, which I did <laughs> offer to do. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of become a story that. Not only have I not forgotten, but I know it's one you're not going to let me forget. I will never, I will never let you forget it. Anybody who wants to read about it in full detail can go to trekgeeks.com. One of my first posts was about that story. There are photos. I still have the Starship. It did suffer damage. The deflector dish popped off, and there was some structural damage. Um, I did fix the deflector dish, but I left the damage to the uh, underside of the uh, engineering section stay as is as a constant reminder that if anybody ever wants to rib Bill about it, it is right there for everyone to see on the website. Um, it, what it's, nowadays, it's hysterical today. At the time, people who know me probably know that I probably could have slit your throat, but I didn't, so I think you should thank me for that. Uh, and we'll just continue on. <laughs> well, well, since you put it like that. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it is a funny story, and it's good when we. It's fun when we reminisce about that story because oh it's, yeah, it's it's a treat. <laughs> I love it. I will be sure to put a link to that post of yours on trekgeeks.com in the show notes for when I post the yes. podcast. Um, it really is a great story, and the pictures don't quite do it justice. I wish there was a corresponding picture of my horror as I could see face. it falling in slow motion. Yes, that would remember be good. a Christmas story. Where he's helping his dad with the flat tire, and he's got the hubcap yes. with the lug nuts in it. Oh, and the lug nuts go flying. Fudge. Multiply that by about a factor of 10. If we do that, doesn't that then become the theoretical constant of the universe? Is it like warp 10? 9.99. 9.975, maybe? Mm. Yeah, I'll go with that. All right, we'll go sounds, with that. That's not good. Well, you and I 
we kind of fell out of touch for about 10 years or so. You know, our lives went in different directions. You now live in Maine. I live in New Hampshire. And we were able to reunite this past summer for the first time in a decade at the Creation Star Trek convention in Boston. And I have to tell you, that was one of the coolest weekends. You and I had a fabulous time. And I think it was really what pushed us over the edge in deciding to do this podcast finally. Yep, exactly. I, I totally agree. We had discussed it from time to time. Um, and that, that break that we had where we didn't really, um, see or we didn't, we didn't see each other at all, but when we didn't really communicate, once we started communicating again, it's all been electronic. So we had not actually seen each other for 15 years, maybe? Probably, yeah. About 15 years. And it's amazing, uh, when we went to that convention uh, over the summer, it had been like we hadn't seen each other for like a week. It was yeah. it was it was great. We had a great time. Uh, just laughed the whole time. We met a lot of great uh, uh, great actors from all the shows. Um, we we ran into a real crazy feminist lesbian uh, who was ready to get up on stage and kill the uh, the guy who runs Creation Entertainment. I think was who it was. Wasn't yeah, it? Adam, the CEO. Yeah, she was she was a little scary, um, but. Uh, even with that being said, it was a great time. It was a, it was a perfect place to reunite after so long and just pick up where we left off. We got to get you out to Vegas. That is something that you have uh, told me that I cannot decline from for the 50th anniversary. So um, I want you out there for I 49. You, what's that? Uh, 49. I don't know about 49, but I'm going to let you talk to my wife about 50, and uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully she still loves me by then, so it'll be great. Yeah, it will. As long as she promises to provide me enough bail money for you, I think we'll be okay. That I can't guarantee, but I will have a um, high uh, limit credit card available for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dan, as you know, this week, moving on, it was the, uh, the State of the Union here in the States. And the president spoke about um, you know, the usual kind of stuff and, and essentially the state of America. And I thought it might be good to look at the state of Star Trek um, with everything that's been going on in recent news and kind of where it's going. And so I asked you to consider that a few days ago as to where you think the franchise is headed, what you think the state is, and ultimately what's your, what's your view? What do you think? Where do you come down on that? I think in order to talk about that, it's going to bleed into our next segment a little bit, which is about Star Trek Three. But I, I think it'll be all right to do that. Yeah. Um, I think that the state is in a very positive but at the same time precarious position. And the reason I say that is because I am, I am one of the people who is absolutely uh, – 100% behind what J.J. has done for the past two movies. I think they've been fantastic. Um, as someone who is so um, anal about the details of the franchise, I think he's done a fantastic job at keeping Trek Trek. Now, yeah, you're going to have the action aspect of it, which some people don't like, and it goes against what Roddenberry did, but there was you know, there was battles in every episode pretty much, uh, unless Wesley was involved. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I think he's done a great job. I know that there's a, some people who are a little pissed off about the whole pasty white con versus Ricardo Montalban. I don't care about details like that. I like the core, uh, foundation of what Trek is all about. And I think he's done a great job of it. So that's why I think it's in a very positive place right now. At the same time, I think it's in a dangerous position because he's not going to be directing the next movie he is a producer but i'm a little concerned about what's going to happen with the next one now with the whole 
writing uh, people who are writing it, which we'll get into later, that throws another possible question mark into it. Um, so I think this next movie is really going to be a very important and deciding factor on what happens next. Um, Money-wise, we know that the movie's going to make a ton of money. I don't know if Paramount or CBS is going to is going to need it to make a specific amount for it to keep going. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see, but I think that this one is going to be a very important uh, crossroads as to what happens for future movies and or TV, which is another subject in itself. Interesting. Um, I think that I, I, I look at a lot of sites and I read a lot of comments from people and, and it just, it, makes my blood boil when I hear about how he has destroyed Star Trek because I could not be more opposite that opinion. I think he's done fantastic and I really honestly believe he's going to do the exact same thing for Star Wars. Uh, after what happened for the, for the first three movies, which were the second three movies, um, a lot of people just, just could not stand what had happened with Jar Jar Banks and the acting with Hayden Christensen and all that stuff. Um, I think he's going to jumpstart that franchise just as much as he has done for the current Trek. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that movie just based on the teaser that came out around uh, Thanksgiving. Um, and if he can do what he did with Trek, I think that that franchise is going to be uh, reinvigorated as well. It looks like he's calmed down on the lens flare, so I think he's off the right start. I want lens flare. I love the lens flare. Really? <laughs> I do. I do. It's it. At first, it was distracting for me, but I've grown. It's it's kind of like his signature. So I've I've loved it. I, I think it's great. Okay. And there was some lens flare in that uh, Millennium Falcon scene at the end of the teaser. So that's true. There was. Yeah. Yeah. So how about no, you? Good what stuff. do you think about it? So let me ask you this: with regard to fan productions or independent productions, because I think that's probably a better title for them. Yep. Um, let's play some word association. I'll throw out some titles of fan productions or sorry, indie productions. Mm-hmm. And you can tell me what you think. Yep. How's that sound? That sounds good. Now I will be honest. I have only watched certain independently made ones because I've clicked on a couple and I've started watching that are just so awful. I can't even stand it. So I, may I understand. Say, no idea. I, I'm going to throw out a couple that haven't even been seen yet mm-hmm. and get your thoughts. First Renegade. one, Star Trek Captain Worf. Um, I think Michael Dorn is going to be too old at this point to be able to do it in a way that it's going to be believable. Um, if it had been shortly after Deep Space Nine ended, I thought it would have a lot more credibility. If it was that time right now, I'd be 100% for it. I was always one who liked Worf's character. I thought what they did with him at the end of Deep Space Nine was a little... Uh, sissifying him a little bit, I guess maybe is the best way to put it. But uh, I always enjoyed uh, him as a character. Um, and I think that if he was given his own command, it could have opened up some great opportunities for different stories. Being however many years later, 20 years later, I just don't see it happening, at least not with him. And I can't really see anybody else playing Worf. Yeah, me either. No. I have a hard time with it. I don't think it'll be interesting enough. No, no, it's just going to be rehashing the old, the same old stuff, uh, in my opinion, if it were to happen. Uh, that being said, they could have some great writers that come out with some great stuff. I just don't, I just don't see it as being one that would be uh, uh, picked up. All right, let me throw another one at you. Mm-hmm. Star Trek Renegades. 
It's the one that Tim Russ is working on. Yep. Walter Koenig's involved. I assume you've seen the trailers. Seen the trailers, yeah. Um, that has that has some good potential. I'm just wondering if they've got people involved who at this point might want to sit back finally after 50 years. And with that, I mean uh, Walter. I don't know who um, you could be talking about. Got a lot of respect for the guy. He's been involved for it a long time. He was known for years as being someone who did not really appreciate what he had when he was on the show. Um, he's definitely embraced it because he's been to a lot of conventions and he's doing this project and he's 100% behind it. I think the storyline has a lot of possibility. And I think from what I've seen from the trailers with the cast, it could really do something. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic on that one, I, I guess I would say, but I have concerns that it might not be as over the top as it could be. So do you know anything about the characters in that one? Very little. Um, I haven't done a lot of reading on it. I just know that um, there's a lot of different people brought together um, that have various histories between each other, if I, if I recall correctly. That, that's um, true. Now, so we've got Tuvok. So obviously it's at TNG yes. era, or at least post-Voyager. But say, we've also got Chekhov. want to call it – no, what about Voyager era? Don't you want to say that? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> There's coffee in that nebula. Gucci <laughs> <laughs> <Kuchimoya. laughs> um, so, yeah, So we've got Tuvok and we've got Chekhov. And I've heard that it's not a descendant of Chekhov. It actually is Pavel Chekhov. He looks like he's old enough to be. I mean, McCoy was 130, 120 something. Yeah, but they had to use some counter at five point. They'd use some huge makeup on D. Kelly for that. Yes. And so, and then like he's too much and um, Pablo anyway. The captain of the renegade ship is the daughter of Khan. Yes. Yeah, I haven't done a lot of uh, thinking about that. Uh, talking about it now makes. It- Throws up a lot of questions. Um, Same here. Doesn't seem like it'd be very plausible. Is she in suspended animation for a while? Uh, who knows? Is it what universe is it in? Is it going to be the new Trek universe? Is it the old Trek universe? It'll be the, the 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 prime universe. Okay, prime. Okay. Yeah, that does bring up some uh, interesting questions. And if that's if that's the case, I know I'm not that, quite uh, sure how they're going to pull it off. I'm sure it's partly in the story, but I don't get how you bring those generations together without time travel or some mm-hmm. kind of anomaly. Yep. Uh, agreed. And it'll be interesting to see what happens as it gets closer to coming up, coming to fruition. If it does. All right, let me throw out another one at you. Sure. Star Trek continues. I would Sign up for that to be picked up by a network in a heartbeat. It's really fabulous, isn't it? It is absolutely fantastic. I have uh, – you actually told me about it when the first episode was coming out. I've watched the three that they've done, and it, it's amazing to me, first of all, that this is not done prof- by like a professional studio. It's by people that just love the show so much that they've, they're doing it on their own with their own money. Um, it is as perfect – as I have ever seen for anything other than the official Star Trek shows. Um, Vic is unbelievable as Kirk. His voice is a little high. He's got to get it a little down a little bit. But um, the storylines are fantastic. They're bringing back a lot of, of uh, um, actors that have been in television 
uh, to play characters, some that we've seen in the past, some that we haven't. And I can't wait. Every time they say that they got, they're working on their next episode, I get excited because I can't wait to see it. So you know they have a Kickstarter going on right now. Yes, right now, which um, I'm hoping that we'll be able to uh, discuss in a lot more detail in an upcoming episode. But uh, if they can do with this Kickstarter process, process with what Axonar did, I think that they are going to be able to go far with it. Okay, so now you're stealing my thunder a little bit because the Sorry. next one. <laughs> just pipe down. Uh, the next one is Axonar. And they've kind of dropped the Star Trek from marketing so that they don't catch grief from CBS for some reason. Yep. But what do you think about Axanar? You watched the 20-minute short. The 20-minute um, short was brilliant, in my opinion. I thought it was great how it was like a documentary, and it had people doing interviews like you'd see on the History Channel or something like that. It brought back a lot of actors that I've always liked to see. One of my all-time favorite actors in the Star Trek universe is J.G., um, and to see him in there again, uh, and when we saw him on the convention, was great also. Um, the thing that I did not know when I first started watching it was that it was about Garth and that this is going to tell a whole story that has never been told in the uh, in the whole time that Star Trek has been on. And a whole, the whole uh, Garth and um, uh, the war, I think that has great potential. If they can do in the actual movie what they did in that 20 minutes – it's going to be fantastic. I totally agree. Yeah. I, I think that the people more. that they've picked for the different uh, um, characters is excellent. It's always good to see um, Kern. Of course, his name is escaping me right now um, in any Star Trek. Tony Todd. Uh, thank you, Tony Todd. Um, Way to go, so super I, fan. I think, sorry. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so nervous about the Stump the Geek later on that I've got – Thousands and thousands of things going through my head, so I forgot that one. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) I think that has great potential. I would probably put Star Trek Continues first on my list. Uh, Very close second would be Axanar. Yeah, me too. I can tell you that what I really appreciate about Star Trek Continues is how much it matches the original series, not only in set design, lighting, the music cues, the overall pace uh, of an episode, it, really watching it is like watching, you know, episodes 80, 81, yes. 82, and 83. Yep. Agreed. And that, that's one of the things that I like when I'm watching the behind the scene, behind the scenes things with, with, with Star Trek continues is they show the attention to detail that Vic and everybody else does and, and watching the original scenes and making sure that the lighting is exactly the same angle that it was um, during one of the episodes back in the sixties. So for example, the, the uh, mirror mirror episode that, yeah. that the latest one, how they would actually had a, a an iPad next to them at the transporter to make sure that the lighting was the same, the distance that the actor and actresses were standing away from each other was exactly the same. That's the attention to detail that, as a trekker, I appreciate, and they have hit it spot on for every one of the episodes that they've done so far. So on YouTube, you've seen the shot for shot comparison side by side with the, that last scene of Mirror Mirror, right? Yep, absolutely. That is phenomenal. We'll put a link to that in the show notes, too. If you haven't seen that, I think it's a really good illustration of the kind of care they're taking with Star Trek and Gene's original vision. I, I think if you haven't seen it, you'll be really impressed. The only thing that disappointed me about that 
episode, and there wasn't much that disappointed me, is I'm a huge fan of the Mirror Universe. It's probably my favorite um, skew of, of any Star Trek story, and I've read a whole bunch of books, which of course is an official Star Trek canon and all that stuff, but um, there's some paths in the Mirror Universe in the books that I think have been fantastic, and the end of that episode was completely different than what I would have hoped for based on what I've read so far. David Mack is a perfect example. His books have been fantastic. Um, Sorrow of Empire uh, if anybody hasn't read that one, I would highly recommend it. But um, that's the only thing that I was kind of like, oh, that's too bad that they're doing it this way when that episode ended. But other than that, I, I don't have anything to say that isn't just that they've done a fantastic job. No, I totally agree. And now looping back to Axanar for a second, I want to say that I really appreciate the fact that they're taking actors who normally appear in makeup like Tony Todd or J.G. Hertzler yep. and letting them act without makeup. Yep. And conversely, that's going to be, that's gonna be interesting like, to see. Yeah, they're taking people like Richard Hatch and putting him in makeup. In makeup. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I think that would be good. I heard recently it's that they've actually added Garrett Wong from Voyager to the cast. I have not heard that. That's 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 breaking news here on com and Trekkeeks Podcast. And he'll be playing a Klingon. <laughs> oh, that's interesting as well. Now, did he ever play a Klingon in uh, any of the um, Silly Voyager episodes where they were all playing different characters? No, they were too busy killing Harry Kim. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. I didn't know that. And I also think it's interesting that uh, Richard Hatch is going to play a Klingon who actually played uh, in the first Star Trek Continues episode as a uh, regular uh, officer on the Enterprise. Richard Hatch? Yes, sir. Oh, come on now, Bill. You want want me to start correcting you now? Yeah, go. Yep. If if I recall correctly now, if I'm wrong, I will eat crow, but that usually doesn't happen. On the first episode of Star Trek Continues, when they're out on the hull, phasering off whatever got stuck. No, sir. It's not Richard Hatch? No, it's the other Apollo. It's Jamie Bamber from the new BSG. Yes, you are correct. Suck on that. Son of a bitch. Got to get some cold cuts today. (laughs) Woo! All right. Uh, So it's Bill 1, Dan 0. 0. I want to tell everyone out there right now. No, no, no. It it shouldn't be one zero. Should we do it from the beginning since we started becoming friends? Because it's probably Bill 1, Dan 37,426. (laughs) 0.3. Because you get partial credit for a one, I'm sure, somewhere. Okay, I'll take that. (laughs) Thank you for the correction, though. I appreciate it. All right, so let's move on to Star Trek Three, since our discussion has taken us there somewhat germanely. Um, this week it was announced that Simon Pegg is going to be co-writing the new movie. How do you feel about that? I don't know. Why? Um, I'll be honest. I have not seen him in things other than the new tracks. I know he's been in a lot of stuff. I've wanted to see some of the things he's done, but I haven't. Everybody who's seen stuff says he's a good actor and everything. I don't know how he is as a writer. Has he written anything before? I don't know the answer to that. So I can't say whether I'm excited or not excited about having him as a writer. The other thing that concerns me is, hasn't this already been in the writing stage for quite a long time? Why all of a sudden we have a new person coming in to do writing? What is that going to do to the current script? Is it going to change it dramatically? Is it going to hurt it? Is it going to help it? That's a lot of variables that I just don't know about. I'm concerned about this film because it it started off with one director, which at the time was Bob Orsi, and then it started off with two writers that were going to work with Bob Orsi. It was um, 
Payne and McKay, I think their names are. And then Bob Orsi is all of a sudden no longer the director. And theoretically, Payne and McKay, I, I hope that's their names. If not, I apologize, are still writing. Maybe and then they hired Justin Lin, who did The Fast and the Furious, to direct. Yeah, I don't know about that either. I'll, I'll be honest. I am not a huge Fast and Furious fan. I know that they have made tons of money, and I know that there is a a huge fan base for those movies. I've only seen the first one because that's not really my kind of movie. So what does that kind of director mean for Star Trek? Is it going to be – again, is it going to be a positive? Is it going to be a negative? I'll give the guy the benefit of the doubt, but at a point that we talked about earlier where Trek is at a crossroads, it just makes me a little nervous. In the plus column, Justin Lin has also directed several episodes of the uh, the comedy Community and um, True Detective. I think he's doing two episodes in the upcoming season. Okay. So he can clearly do other things. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how well it's going to translate to Star Trek. And how is it going to translate to people that um, demand perfection when it comes to this franchise? No, that's very true. Um I, I don't want to say I'm concerned, but I, I kind of get the sense that – I don't want to say this is a make-or-break movie for the franchise, but I think that the performance of this third movie has the possibility to affect Star Trek in the future and in particular the return to television if that's ever going to happen. Yeah, this that's movie an interesting is bad, topic. Uh, if this movie is bad, that timetable possibly gets set way back. That's interesting. Let's Let's tackle that for a second because I've got – I've got thoughts about that. I am. I would love to see, to be perfectly honest, and I hope that if we ever can talk to someone from Star Trek Continues, I would love for CBS or Paramount or whoever's going to make the decision to sign that show up tomorrow to be the new television series. Don't worry about it being a next generation era or a future or whatever. Bring it back to the original. Everybody always says the original is the best. Deep Space Nine is my favorite, but that not being said, it doesn't take anything away from the original series. They do such a perfect job that if they had the budget that a that a uh, that a CBS or Paramount would give them, I can't even imagine what they'd be able to do with that show. That being said, and I'm not trying to to uh, to ruffle any feathers. I don't know if CBS or Paramount is smart enough to understand that it would be a good thing to bring it back t- to television. It's really difficult as a fan to have to wait three and four years between every installment of something new. Well, I think uh, an official new, right? And like I think the, the best stories for Star Trek are told on television. Exactly, it's a much smaller yep. screen. Yep. Then you don't have the people saying, "Oh, they're only doing it for the action and the adventure and the special effects." That doesn't happen as much when you're in the when you're on the small screen, only doing a forty-five, forty-seven minute episode. Um, I be I'm one hundred percent for it coming back to television. I don't know if it ever will because I don't think the executives that are making the decisions at these uh, studios understand how important this show is, to be honest. I think you're right about that because I think that CBS fundamentally doesn't understand the franchise at every turn. I think they prove it decade after decade. Yep, I agree. I and that's too that, bad because uh, how many – there's been so many – there's been five, six, uh, five, six uh, television shows of the of the franchise and every one of them has been successful. Enterprise 
died at the wrong time. It, the, the last season of Enterprise was fantastic, yes. and unfortunately, it just too, took too long for it to get on the ground running. And by that time, people got burnt out. That was when the burnout started because we had had we had, had Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, all right around the same time, um, and then that came in, and I think people got tired of it. And as a result, when it really hit the hit the ground running, it was too late. Now well, that we've had how many years since Enterprise went off the air? Ten. It's time for another. It's time for another uh, series on TV. But I don't think that the people uh, in the in the big offices uh, are going to uh, understand that. I think that if Star Trek is going to return, it's not going to be to television. But I think it will be the internet. It's not going to be Netflix. CBS is not going to split money when they have their own nope. pay per month distribution channel, and mm-hmm. they launched it late last year, and I think it's on purpose to promote their own content and build their own web presence. But honestly, I don't think it's worth eight, nine, ten bucks a month or whatever it is. No, I don't either. And that's why I, I hope that something like this Kickstarter two for, for Star Trek continues really goes somewhere because if they can get the funding that they need, even if they're not signed by a by a um CBS or, or whoever, um that has the greatest potential. Um, and I will go on record saying that any other one, and I, and, and I say this, Axon are included to a point, I don't think any of those have the potential that this one does. Axon is going to be good. Continues has the potential to really be something. Um, and I am 100% for that, whether it be internet, television, whatever medium um, they can do it on, I will be 100% uh, behind that one. Hypothetical question for you. Let's say tomorrow CBS comes out and announces that they're going to pick up, let's say Star Trek continues and put it on their you know, monthly subscription website where you can watch it exclusively on the web. Do you subscribe? Yes. Yes. I mean, that, that, I would. I, I think that – well, let me backtrack. If we can get – um proof and and confirmation that it will continue to be done the way that they have done the first three and almost the fourth episode is is almost done if it can be done that way absolutely i would pay for the subscription to watch that and that's probably the only thing i would watch on that app i think i would um but i would only do it for that because honestly i don't care about reruns of ncis even though it's a great show um, or any of the other shows, I essentially would be paying eight to ten dollars a month just for Star Trek, and it would be in that uh, in that uh, in Star Trek continues. It would be worth it, in my opinion. Okay, yeah. So Dan absolutely. says, make it so. <laughs> <laughs> and you are the the alpha geek in this pairing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that Don't said, you I, think I know that? <laughs> <laughs> Help Sorry. me, Spock. Um, I think now's a good time to probably transition into our next segment, since you are the alpha geek in this pair. Um, It's a segment I've long been looking forward to, I have to tell you this. For weeks, I've been salivating at the very chance to do this. And it's probably good if we start it with its own intro. Blah, 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 blah,
That's Five Year Mission. We thank them very much for letting us use their music. They've got songs, all original songs, all based on Star Trek episodes. So if you haven't checked them out, you should go to fiveyearmission.net, download their stuff. The music is fantastic. Um, They were also the opening theme for the Trek Geeks podcast. And um, we thank them very much for allowing us to use their stuff. uh, Fabulous guys. If you were at Vegas this past summer, they were the house band at the convention. Um, Let's support them as much as we can. But now it's time for Stump the Geek. I have created 10 super trivia questions for Dan Davidson of varying values, and Dan will have to try to answer them. He can't use the internet. He can't use his phone. He can't use any reference materials whatsoever. He can't phone a friend. He can't take an internet poll. Nothing. Wow. Dude, this is like, wow. Yeah. Well, you you are the geek. I mean, you're it, man. I defer to your geekitudeness. Geek a dude. No, all right. You think this is only going to take 10 minutes? No. Do I have a time limit? No, you you don't have a time limit, but the longer it takes you, be aware <laughs> that you're going to suffer total mockery. <laughs> I, I look forward to the challenge, sir. Okay. So each of these questions have totally arbitrary point values that I'm coming up with on the fly. So that said, question one, Stump the Geek, first question ever is about another first in Star Trek. Okay. Uh, for 1,000 points... 1,000? 1,000 points. What is the first line spoken in The Cage, and who says it? I wish I had syncopated clock or the Jeopardy theme to play right now. That would be awesome. Interesting part. Hmm, I know that it's uh, fading in. It comes in over the bridge, and everybody's sitting there. Oh, let's see. I would have to say it is. I believe Major Barrett makes the first as number one. What she says is escaping me at the moment. Let's see. Um, it's not Spock. I know that. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> as Dan tries uh, to think of his answer. We're going to give you a little music to listen to. Dan, are you any closer to an answer? Oh, hold on. It's before she says anything. Somebody's asking about some kind of circuit being open. Uh, Who it is, I cannot cannot remember. But it's something to do with, with with a circuit or a channel being open. Wow, that's really good. That is really good. The the first line is actually spoken by Spock. Damn. <laughs> and it is um well, I say I was going to give you extra points if you could imitate him doing it. But it sounds a lot like this. Check the circuit. <laughs> it's like in the uh in the uh Corbinite Mover. Stand by to photograph. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, so yep. that is the very first line in a filming of Star Trek. Do I get 500 points for getting You get right? 500 points for that, my friend. That's pretty good. <laughs> you knew it was about a circuit. You had no idea who said it, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Wow. Um, so you are spared the horns of failure for now. Excellent. I will, I will cherish this moment. <laughs> so, for, 
This question number two is um, part of your favorite series, which is Star Trek Deep Deep Space Space Nine. Nine. Mine as well. Um, It is a three-part question. Wow. Each part is 500 points for a grand total of 1,500 points. Thank you, Mr. Mathematician. Math is hard. (laughs) (laughs) I think you'll get this one pretty easily. I had to give you a couple of gimmies. But question two, name the three Defiant class vessels we saw over the course of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Well, there was the Defiant. Okay. I see there's a gimme there. Yes. Um, The one run by all the cadets. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the replacement for the Defiant, which was destroyed, which was the Sao Paulo? That's correct. Oh, Bazinga! And the other one was, oh, the name of the episode is the name of the ship. That's right. um, Hold on a second. I'm gonna. Th- I'm thinking. I'm trying to go through the. I'm actually going through the titles of, of the episodes in my head. Oh, Do you feel um, a little bit like Rain Man right now? <laughs> okay, Starship. It was a Starship. Uh, it was a Starship. Um, oh man, it was. I want to say it begins with an S. Um, you were right that it is cadets. Red Squad. It's all the cadets. Yeah, it's yep. the Red Squad. Yeah, it's um, and they're behind the lines, so they get yes. trapped behind the lines. And Jake uh, and Nog are aboard. Oh, man, this is going to bug me. Um, I know. So I picked it. <sighs> Valiant. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> See, this is where those sound effects would come in handy. I was going to call it Vengeance, but it, I was going to say Vengeance, but no, Valiant. And I wish I, I had some kind like of sound effect right now where I could, you know, illustrate that you got it right. But I don't. <laughs> So for now, hey, you don't I'll want just... to wear this. You don't want to wear the sound out, Bill. So that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would have only gotten half the sound for the last one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take that. <laughs> All right. So right now you're at two thousand points. Um, you could be at twenty five hundred had you gotten the first question right, but that's neither here nor there. We're going to go on to question three. Question three: Where was Scotty? on his way to aboard the USS Janolin in TNG's relics. He was going to, he was heading to retire on. And by the way, it's for a thousand points. Only a thousand. Yeah. <sighs> Jesus. Um, I knew this without looking it up. I just want to say. <sighs> I'm more concerned about the storyline about that episode than where he was headed because well, I had to take the Dyson sphere. Well, we'll deal with that another time. <laughs> Perhaps in a commentary. That would be a great well, that, episode true. to do a commentary yeah. for. Um, where was Scotty had, on his way to? I can see the scene where he's. So can I. It's got Scotty in it. Way to go. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> it was when he first came out of the transporter. He was heading to. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Can I do a pass and come back to it? So no. I can think about it more? Okay. Nope. All right. Okay. You don't get the pass on Jeopardy, do you? No, you don't get a pass on Jeopardy. Thank exactly. You. That's what I'm talking about. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, in the interest of saving time and not having people just click off because they don't want to hear me rambling, I'm going to, I'm going to say I'm not sure. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, we were looking for the Norpin colony or Norpin 5. Either of those would have been a correct answer. 
And um, I, I feel really bad that you didn't get that. Yeah, I know you don't. <laughs> uh, we're so sorry, Dan. I'm sure you'll hear that a couple more times. So question four, and I know you're a big Voyager fan. <laughs> now, in the interest of full disclosure, Voyager is not my favorite series. In fact, I've not seen the whole thing. I'm trying to work through it. I've been blogging about it on TrekGeeks.com. Uh, but Dan has seen the whole thing. So as the alpha geek in this pairing, he ought to know all of this stuff cold. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's hard It's hard to know all the stuff when you really have to stomach through some of the episodes. And that's no offense to any of the actors. They all do a great job. Writers, on the other hand... Yeah, we'll have a little discussion about that at some point. <laughs> so how and where did Captain Janeway's father die for 2,000 points? 2,000? 2,000. Oh. You need to give me how he died and where. All right. Let's see. Um, God almighty. <sighs> okay, that wasn't his father. I'm thinking right now what I'm thinking is is – the guy who Kevin Ty did not play her father. That was, that was different. Um, I have so much disdain for this show every once in a while. <laughs> I do know that he was an admiral. If I remember correctly, he was yep. an admiral in Starfleet. Um, oh, that's, I don't, I don't, mm, I don't recall what, what he died from or where. I just remember that he was an admiral. Well, I'm sorry to say that Admiral Janeway drowned under the polar ice cap on Tau Ceti Prime. That was what I was going to say. Yeah, I knew it. I see it on your face. That's because I can see your face. So, yeah, 2,000 points right down the drain. Um, yeah. That's two in a row you right missed. Polar, it could be right down the polar ice cap if you want. Oh, really. Boom, boom. How come it has to be 10 questions? Can't it be five? This nope. seems like it's taking a long time. Speaking of question five, <laughs> what ship was Janeway's first posting in Starfleet? This is your last Voyager question, by the way. It really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Janeway's first posting. As what? Anything or captain? Uh, in Starfleet, her first posting as an officer. Not as captain. Does it, can it, this could be a trick question because it's she not. was on the Excelsior when she was doing that whole mind thing with Sue. And she was not posted Sue. to the Excelsior. <sighs> um, all right, let's see. Definitely wasn't Voyager. Um, good, good job. She was on the, didn't she serve with Tom's father? Yes. He was the captain. Yes. Um, it was, I don't want to sound mean. It's like an Indian name. Um, Al, Al, I want to say, what's the name of the torture place that was in the news a couple of years ago, but it's oh not my. that name. Wow. <laughs> Al, Benghazi. It's not Benghazi. Al, 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 Al Bagini. Al, I'm going to give this one Al, to you. I, I didn't tell you it was for a thousand points. Um, it was the USS Albatani. Batani, and oh, close. It's not right, but I'm 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 feeling magnanimous. Either that, you feeling sorry for me? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> hey, the Al Benghazi. I'm going to go with that for okay, now. Al Benghazi. Ever asked me? Yeah. So, question six. This one I know you'll okay. know off the top of your head. Deep Space Nine. 
Yeah. What ship was Cisco on at Wolf 359? 5,000 points. Uh, Saratoga. Saratoga. Yes. Uh, for 5,000 okay. points. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, that was a big win for you. <laughs> Way to go. We're going to stay with Deep Space Nine. In question seven. How many rules of acquisition are there? Oh, man. Uh, two, and that is for 10,000 points. I want to... Uh, 237. Magician, two hundred and it's kind of hard when you look at a specific number. I'm going to say I want two thirty-seven is what's popping out in my head, um, but I'm not going to give that answer yet. So hold on a second. Uh, <laughs> I hate uh, you. That, hey, you, you. If you want to be a premature buttonator, that's fine with me. Um, <laughs> Since I said 237 and you played the wrong button, I'll stick with that. I'll be the real man in this quiz. Wow. <laughs> well, congratulations, superfan1701. But the answer is 285. We're looking for 285. Those additional ones that aren't included up to 237 aren't important. <laughs> <laughs> right, I will say this. To- even though Deep Space Nine is my favorite, I will say that I think the Ferengi are my least favorite alien race. I've never been really happy with the development of them. They started off as so theoretically menacing in TNG, and that lasted about half of an episode. Yes. Yeah. And then they became comic relief. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought that was too bad. Except for Brunt. FCA. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So question eight. We'll keep it moving along. What is the first inhabited planet visited by the crew of the NX-01? That was oh, uh, it was snowy. Yes, uh, SETI. No, not SETI. Um, uh, fifteen thousand points. By the way, fifteen thousand. Oh, it was. Oh, damn it. Um, it's one that's talked about all the time in in all the shows. Um, not SETI Alpha. That's con. Um. Uh, They had to have a discussion with someone. There was snow. The whole they were being spotlights were on them. I remember that. Um, it was in our was it in our galaxy? I will have to say. There are people shouting the, the answer in their cars right now. I just want you. To I know, know they are. I know, and because they're they're not being put on the spot like I am. Um, it's called stump the geek. When I, you when, know. As soon as you tell me, I'm going to be want to punch you in the monitor face because <laughs> I, uh, I I should know this one. Um, you should. And for fifteen thousand points, Rigel ten would have been the correct Rigel, answer. Rigel, Rigel. We yeah, would have also they talk selected about Rigel all the time. We would have also that, accepted Rigel X. Stars are planets. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right. So for five thousand instant bonus points, oh, bonus impromptu. Question. What is my favorite scene from a mock time? Let's see. Kill Spock. <laughs> that's not what came to Vulcan for, is it? <laughs> that is correct. Absolutely. One of the best scenes. It I've is. Never seen somebody get sliced across the chest so perfectly as well. That was a yeah. neural. 
Paralyzer. Paralyzer. Simulated death. <laughs> <laughs> Question nine. And this will be for 15,000 points. How old was Jordy LaForge when he received his first visor? Uh, he was blind at birth. And he was six. That was from the ep- uh, That was from that. I don't know what the name of that episode is, but I didn't like it anyway. Uh, <laughs> that's with um, Ben Vereen, isn't it? Oh, the, the episode the, when Ben Vereen was was in it. Um, yeah, where he puts on that suit. Yeah. Tries to get to the Hera, where his mom's the captain. Yeah. I want to say six, but I think that's too old because he's uh, blind since birth. Is that um, your final answer? I'm going to go with four, five, or six, four, five, or six, four, five, or six, five. I'm guessing ding, that's ding, a guess. Ding, ding. Come that on, man. I was going to go with six. 15,000 points to Mr. I, Davidson. Wow, that's uh, all right. That's that's really reaching into the barrel for that one. Well, it wasn't about guest stars. It wasn't about star dates. Yeah, this is yeah. That that is a rule. No star dates are allowed, even though I do know a lot of them. Um, and no planets. Actually, I should take out the Rigel one because planets are not supposed to be involved in these questions. We we discussed that already. Did we? I don't recall yeah. that. Yeah, of course you don't. <laughs> if I had gotten the answer right, you would have probably remembered it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> All right, so question 10. Question 10. And this one is worth 30,000 points. Wow. Okay. And again, I just create these off the top of my head, even though I have the questions already written. Oh, so wait a minute. So you're insinuating that you know the answer when you make these questions? Um, I know some of them, but I will <laughs> say I've corroborated all these answers using Memory Alpha. Yes, very good site. Recommend it to everybody. So. Okay. That's it. Question 10. Mm-hmm. The refusion of a Vulcan's katra is known by what term? Faltor pan. That is correct. For points. You, my friend, no. are getting some cold cuts today. <laughs> Just like you here. <laughs> that no, you're not going to feel so good one, about it. I would have expected the last question to be a little more challenging. Well, it's because you're not to the bonus question yet. Oh. <laughs> You didn't tell me about the bonus question either. No, I didn't. <laughs> and the bonus question is actually worth 100,000 points. Wow. And this is a long-form answer. Okay. Um, as you recall, the original Star Trek theme, written by Alexander Courage, yep. was instrumental. But Gene Roddenberry wrote lyrics to it. Oh, my God. What are the lyrics Gene Roddenberry wrote to the Star Trek theme. I'm not even I'm not even going to to venture a guess on that because until you just said it, I never knew that. Really? I will be I will be happy to admit that. Never knew it. They probably sucked. God, I love that sound. Uh, Are you going to sing it? Now, what actually before you tell me what the answer is, you have to sing it. I'm not going to sing it. Come and on. I can't I have to tell you, there's a great version of this song done by Tenacious D, and they did it on the Nerdist podcast. Wow. And we can't play it on the podcast for copyright reasons, but I am going to put a link to it in the show notes. It is phenomenal, and I wish they release it. That's how awesome it is. But Gene, Rod- Gene Roddenberry went back and wrote these lyrics, and it didn't make Alexander Courage or his family all that happy, because now it means any royalty is split between the person who wrote the music and the person who wrote the lyrics. Yeah. So interesting. Interesting. I will read them. Okay. 
Um, and I think you'll agree these lyrics are terrible. Gene Roddenberry has written a lot of great things. These lyrics are not them. Oh, boy. Okay, so. I'm ready. Be, oh, oh, thank you. You need a beer for that, I can see. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Beyond the rim of the starlight, my love is wandering in starflight. I know he'll find in star-clustered reaches love, strange love a star woman teaches. <laughs> that is I, putrid. Yeah, it really is. I know his journey ends never. His Star Trek will go on forever. But tell him while he wanders the starry sea, remember, remember me. That I can tell you right now. It's too bad that it only lasted three seasons to begin with. If that was actually part of the opening se- sequence, it wouldn't have lasted three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that is bad. Wow. Well, well like I, I said, I'll put... I not mind forfeiting those points, man. <laughs> well, I don't know how many points you actually wound up with, but suffice it to say, it wasn't nearly enough to win. So we have some lovely parting gifts for you, and... Um, Hopefully we we wish you much luck in your future endeavors. I would I would I would say this. If I were to read you those questions, man. Over ten. <laughs> Over. No wait, I would have gotten the Saratoga. Saratoga, you would have gotten, yeah. I would have gotten that one. Um I would have gotten and um, you probably would have gotten the Faltopan, that's pretty easy. I would have gotten that. I would have gotten the three defined class vessels. Yep. I actually would have gotten check the circuit. Really? Yep. That's impressive. I like that. Okay. And I would have gotten uh, um, for, the Norpin Colony, but not Norpin 5. I think the uh, for the first run, now knowing what kind of things you might throw at me, I think it'll be better next time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It will. Yeah. 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 I can't wait hey. to see the questions I come up with for you for next time. When do I get to do the same thing to you, though? Um, never. So thanks for listening. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Dan, this is probably a good time to wrap it up since we're a little over an hour. Um, little if you would, in your, uh, in your best radio announcer voice, why don't you tell the folks how to get in touch with us if they feel so inclined? I'd be happy to do that. And uh, ladies and gentlemen... TrekGeeks.com is really looking forward to hearing from you. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TrekGeeks. We are also at Twitter at TrekGeeks. Pretty simple there. And also available on Skype. I don't know what our Skype address is, though, bud. TrekGeeks. I have to tell you that. TrekGeeks. Wild stump on that one, but I'll tell you. Should have thrown that in the Stump the Geek one. And uh, <laughs> if you want to send us an email, we are always willing to, uh, to read your emails at TrekGeeks at Starfleet.com. Please keep in mind that any comments you make and any one of those uh, mediums, we may and probably will use in future episodes. Especially if they make fun of Dan. That's correct. Yes. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so far, I think it's been a decent first episode. We thank everyone for hanging in there with us. We hope that we didn't sound too much like we were making a, a hostage tape, like I said earlier. 
Um, as far as special thanks, I definitely want to thank Five Year Mission again. Um, we hope to have them on the podcast sometime soon to talk about their music and their upcoming album. Um, but we really appreciate them letting us use their music for our podcast. And um, we'd like to thank all of you for taking the time to listen um, to a couple of geeks in New England who really have spent way too much time watching this show and laughing amongst ourselves. So thank you so much. We hope you'll come back. I will uh, uh, echo those same sentiments. I would like to thank Memory Alpha for providing the answers for Stump the Geek today. Uh, I'm sure that without that site, you probably wouldn't have been able to get the answers on most of those questions. But uh, I look forward to future episodes as well. I think it's been great. I look forward to it. And uh, we will talk to you all next time. Departure Angle on Viewer. All right. could there okay no okay i found my mute button okay so if i have to cough I'll... that works okay all right good excellent if i cough we have a problem oh okay, you don't have a mute see. let me see you keep talking and i'm gonna mute out okay i don't hear you at all right now nope nothing nothing great now i know how to mute okay I'm going to say that. Shut up. I'm going to say that as an outtake for after the end music of the. <laughs> we should do. You know what we should do is we should get some video capture of what we're doing and then do like the bad NFL lip reading. <laughs> I don't know what he said. He wanted me to get some cold pasta and put it on his ding dong. <laughs> Take us some cold cuts today. <laughs> Woo!